Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. My name is Brandon Eli, and I'm here in Neck of the Woods Brewing Company in Pittman, New Jersey, sitting in a nice full table with our lovely Dr. Frey. Dr. Frey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. And how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. And I think uh, we kind of mentioned it the last show that we were going to take a little exploration and some odd, untraditional is a better word, right. orthopedic injuries and stuff yeah. to touch on. So. We're taking a little deep dive in that tonight and doing and it's, some. It's a little bit dumb luck, right? Like that, that we've had a couple of these not standard orthopedic injuries right. a couple in a row to talk about. But uh, this is uh, this. I don't know. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Another thing, too, we, I feel like in the last few episodes, we've been pretty NFL heavy. So we're, take, we're taking a step outside of that and the orthopedic world. Yeah. So we're not dismissing, you know, the Kyler Murray torn ACL or other things like that because we, we've stuff. covered that stuff. Right. We just recently covered the AC joint sprain. Jalen Hurts with that injury just recently. Right. Right. So it, it's ironic. We're always a couple steps ahead of the curve where we may get someone who has a small, not so big of a name. We cover a topic and then a bigger name goes off and it's like, oh, we just yeah. missed it. But we already have the content out. It's already out there. The experts right. talk about the injury. And we um, think we think this was AC joint, right? Is that confirmed right. that it's AC joint? Because they just yeah. called it a, a sprain. sprain. I was like, must be AC joint. Yeah, I think. That's basically what I'm going off of as an Eagles fan. That you're just hopeful that that's right. what it is. Nothing more than that. And like like we had talked about it, in all likelihood, grade one, grade two, one of these lower right. lower grades, and theoretically won't impact you know the playoff situation. Right. But but oh man, of course, just right. when things are rolling. Right. So again, before we go all too too far in the NFL, we're we're shifting gears here. We're going to go into the NHL, right. into the hockey league. And we're going to talk about uh, Pittsburgh Penguins defenseman uh, Chris Letang. Yeah. And he just recently, as of, I want to say it was end of November, November 28th, had his second stroke in his playing career. So people hear that, and that's that's right. something special. So, again, Dr. Frey, who do we have on tonight to kind of talk about this little bit of different topic for us? So pretty excited to bring one of our newer docs here, Reconstructive Orthopedics, onto the onto the show. Dr. Tom Schumann, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I uh, grew up right outside of New York City, mm -hmm. uh, then went to BU for school up in Boston, came over to Philly to go to school at PCOM for medical school, mm -hmm. started Crozier for residency, and did a sports medicine non-operative fellowship there, where we were team doctors for Union and uh, the Union 2, the soccer team outside of Philly. Yeah. So we handled, you know, everything the, from cold. The, the soccer team in the finals right outside. Yeah. <laughs> what a busy team yeah, for those yeah, docs yeah. this year, yeah. right? They went all the way. So we handled both sides of the orthopedic side, which we teamed up with another orthopedic group and, you know, their normal care as primary care doctors for them. So if any of them had any issues like this, we would have been the first line to evaluate it. That's exactly right. And, and you know, as an orthopedic surgeon, you know, that's not <laughs> uh, like uh, stay in your lane, buddy. Right, it's, it's, right. That would be a little bit outside of the lane, but that's that, that's why we've got you here. Exactly. Precisely. So just a little backstory um, about Chris Letang. As mentioned, he is on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Back in 2014, he did have a of his first stroke in his career. He missed about 26 games, and I think it was approximately eight, eight weeks, two months recovery time period or so. With, still seems fast. Still fast, right? right. You know, yep. Personally, like, with or without healthcare professional knowledge, you know, you just hear stroke and like, oh, man, that's, that's a career it's ender. Over. It's over. That's it. That's not good. And then, you know, you spend a couple minutes on YouTube and hit, watch violent hits in the NHL. I'm like, man, how can you have a stroke and go back to putting yourself in harm's way like that, right? Right. So, again, he had his first stroke back in 2014. Um, and then, again, recently, the end of November here. And then he was back on the ice skating in 10 days for practice and then suited up for a game 12 days later. Incredible. <laughs> mind, mind blowing. Right? Like unbelievable, right? I know. I know. 
you know, you hear the, the holiday music in the background. It was, it, it was a Christmas miracle, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right? <laughs> it's, it's shocking that he was able to come back so quickly. The only other, I guess, high-profile player that I can remember, and, like, that was shocking, too, was Teddy Bruschi. Yeah. Right? Also yeah. had a stroke. Yep. It, it sounds like his was a little more severe, potentially. Yeah, uh, I so I did the same thing of looking up professional athletes with strokes, and it was Teddy Bruschi was... 2005 and it seemed like he had more symptoms um, right. according to the, the little bit of articles that I read through um, for example Crystal Tang just had a headache and nausea and nausea was kind of his main complaints and he kind of was going on for a period of time and then kind right. of got evaluated further whereas Teddy Bruschi was having blurred vision and numbness in his left arm and leg and with that he also had a much longer return to play he was about eight months out yeah. before going back into football. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure he came back to the New England Patriots, played and uh, got some Pro Bowl selections post-stroke as well. Right. So, again, impressive career and Shock. just, like, yep. amazing, right? Yeah. Now, just, just so we get a little clarity just on the topic overall, there's more than one version of this, right? There's more than one type of stroke. What, what, what are the different types of strokes? Yeah, so the main types of strokes that you see are hemorrhagic, right. which is a bleed. And then there's uh, ischemic, mm -hmm. which is what Chris Letang had, and that's more of a blockage. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a hemorrhagic stroke, it's pretty easy to diagnose. They get a CT scan, they show a bleed or an old bleed, and you have your diagnosis and you're done. Right. When it's ischemic, you might be able to see the stroke, which usually isn't evident on a CT right away, but you need the MRI to see it. But then you got to work up why they had this. And right. that's always not as obvious. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, there's a whole battery of tests they had to do the first time back in 2014 to figure out why this guy at what, 20 something is having yeah. his stroke then. <laughs> right. So usually it starts, you know, you do, you check the carotids with an ultrasound, make sure there's no plaques. You check the heart with an echo and an EKG. Yeah. You do a whole list of blood work mm -hmm. to make sure it doesn't have any rare clotting factors or things like that to work mm -hmm. it up. So. It's always not obvious for this ischemic stroke that he had. Right, right, right. And, and, and in his situation, when they did the workup, um, was there anything that sort of left predisposed them to having it, given the fact, like you said, you know, he's having it at this young age? Yeah, so one of the things they found is that he actually has, uh, for a layman's term, hole in a heart, right. where his patent for, he has a patent for amino valet, which right. is actually pretty common. You know, I looked mm -hmm. it up. It's about 25% of the public has this. That big a number. That's right. what it says. Yeah, it shocked me as well. Right. So if you do the numbers, there's about a dozen people here in, in the neck of, wood, neck of the woods tonight. So that's saying roughly like three of those folks. Three of us have it in this room. You know, it's pretty interesting to think about. That's kind of scary. <laughs> Almost. Seriously, right? holy right. crud. Right. Yeah. So that's what it was determined as the only major risk factor they saw for him right. at the time. So that's the assumption that that was the reason he had the stroke. But now he has a second stroke a few years later. Did they do anything about the, 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 the hole in the heart, the, the patent frame in O'Valley? So from what I was looking up, it doesn't look like there was an indication for them to correct it. Even if they corrected it, his risk of having a second stroke was as equal if they didn't correct it. And they also mentioned his risk of having a stroke and returning to sports or not and right. just walking around on the street was also equal. So... So that in itself leads to a whole other host of questions. And before we go down that route, let, let's say he was a kid and they find the, the, that, that, that same hole in the heart. Do they do anything in that situation to try to get it to close? So there are some indications that they have for like a percutaneous closure with right. some of the devices. Right. Newer technology is better at that. But once he had a stroke, it was determined that it wasn't going to be a way to prevent a future stroke. So right. it really wasn't worth doing. And he's such a high-end athlete that 
it clearly shows that it wasn't affecting his athletic performance. Right. What does that hole in the heart, how does that turn into or equate to higher risk for a stroke? What, what, what's the issue there? Yeah, so when we're born, or prior to us being born, we have an opening in our heart that allows blood to flow from one atrium to the other, right. and it kind of bypasses the lungs at that point because we get our oxygen from our mothers. Right. So for most people, this ends up closing up after birth because we get our own oxygen at that point. However, for about a fourth of us, it doesn't. And so when you have an opening, there's always a risk for a nidus of either platelet or aggregation or something like that, or for a clot from the body to not go through the lungs where some of these small clots get filtered out. Mm -hmm. So the lungs catch most of these tiny, tiny clots, really distal in the lungs where it wouldn't really have any effect and they'll slowly get broken back down by right. the body. But if you have a hole, it can get through there. So it's just bypassing the lungs, it's bypassing the filter that would otherwise normally Catch. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we don't know all the details. We talk about it all the time. All we don't the time. know the, his personal medical record. But it surprises me. And, and again, it's not my specialty. But it surprises me that doing something about trying to close that heart wouldn't change his risk. You would think, all right, he's got a hole. He's already had a, you know, a, a, a clot or something pass through. Um, close the hole. <laughs> solve, right. solve the problem. Like It surprises me that yeah. that... that 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 wouldn't change his risk and they say, hey, just leave it open. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you, you know, it's another, pretty interesting because I mean, I would venture to say hockey athletes are probably up there with like the most conditioned, Right. you know, they're only on shifts for about two minutes at a time at most, like even shorter sometimes. Yeah. You know, he's out there skating hard, hustling and that heart is pumping the whole time and no issues. Like crazy. Crazy. And then he only has these two documented issues in his career that, you know, actually been diagnosed as a stroke. Right. Just interesting and just, how you said 20 like the first time he's 26 years old who to right. think a 26 year old athlete who's a, in this prime you know right top tier defensive well conditioned right on, yeah yep this is not the guy who's going to have this issue right and then it happens right you described it two different kinds right like like there's there's ischemic where the blood clot breaks off blocks an artery blocks carotid blocks in some small vessels in the brain and get a certain area small area of the brain that's not getting blood supply mm -hmm. and then then that that dies basically like that area and that leads to all these deficits where, where it would go um and then you describe the other type the hemorrhagic right like with, yep. you have an aneurysm or something a little brain bleed a pop burst and get some bleeding in the area and then that creates its own set of issues you know i'm actually shocked and and, and just, it was teddy bruski's had the same kind of he his was an ischemic variety right? right yep and he also had the hole in the heart as well and the hole in the heart what about anticoagulation? Like, like, isn't that standardly your treatment? Like, how do you go back and play contact sport if you're on a medication to thin your blood? Like, right. doesn't that leave you um, susceptible then to the aneurysmal or, or, or not aneurysmal, but but at least the hemorrhagic or brain bleed or some other issue? Is right. it like, yeah, exactly. And that's why I believe the first time it took him so much longer to come back. Mm -hmm. Right. It says he was on blood thinners in all the reports, which. Right. There's kind of anticoagulation and there's antiplatelet. What's the difference between, you know, anticoagulation and, and, and uh, antiplatelet therapy? Yeah, so anticoagulation is, while there's newer agents, most people know the name warfarin mm -hmm. or right. coumadin as the anticoagulation. And right. that's goal is to thin the blood. It makes bleeding risk much higher. Right. So a person doing a contact sport would have a risk of a brain bleed or something along those lines. Right. Now, if you do antiplatelet therapy, people know that as like aspirin or Plavix or things like mm -hmm. that. Right. And that's really to stop the platelets from clumping together right. within the body. <laughs> and I would think, though, that would still potentially lead 
somebody susceptible. Right. But the truth is, I guess I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe antiplatelet therapy doesn't increase your risk of of that of a you know hemorrhagic injury because there definitely is a difference. Like when we're, we're using um, medication after a surgery to try to prevent the blood clot. Like there 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 are differences. Some some are used to break up the blood clot. Some are to prevent the blood clot. And like mm-hmm. so, definitely yeah, differences exactly. on that level. Interesting though, right? Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, is it surprising? And 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 you may not have the answer here, but is it surprising that? How long ago did, did Latang have the first one? Eight years ago? Uh, yeah, 2014. Is it surprising that he has the second one? Yeah, I don't it almost think like, it's, eh, it's a matter of time. I don't think it's entirely surprising that he has a second right. one. Um, I think they kind of knew that it was just the same risk as if he was out on the street. Right. There's nothing that they could have changed to have have the second one, really. Right, 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 right. The, um, how about coming back in less than two weeks? Yeah. What about yeah. that part of the equation? Yeah, is that surprising? Like, I know I was blown away. So, you know, this happened, you know, we're, like, we're always on the hunt for, always, for topics. Right? Always like, looking for something. I'm like, ooh, like, like, this is a, this is out of left field kind of topic. Right. Like, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta review this. And um, I just assumed that he would still be out. Yeah. You know, we took an extra week off. We're trying to do every other week. And I just assumed he was gonna be out. And all of a sudden, he was back playing again. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, how did that happen? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think when you hear someone had a stroke, you don't worry about their career. You worry about their life in general. Right. right. Like, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. He has life. a family. He has two kids at home, right. I believe. So, yep. like, this is what you're worried about for someone so young. But when it comes to him, he he suffers from migraines, which I saw in his report. But these symptoms that he has are different than his migraine symptoms. Right. Right. And he doesn't usually get the typical symptoms like other people have gotten for the stroke. So, like you mentioned earlier, he got like some nausea, some dizziness, things mm-hmm. like that. Right. Where he didn't get that typical facial droop, mm-hmm. asymmetric uh, numbness, and things like Teddy Bruschi was getting. Yeah. So it's terrifying, simple. man. Yeah, that exactly. Guy. He went back to football as a middle linebacker. Yeah, yeah. person who hits the whole time, <laughs> and then and still made the Pro Bowl, like still yeah. most like. And, you know, you can eventually say he's kind of the older school of NFL player who right. was just bashing heads like a lot, you know? Right. You, yeah, you had to review some tape, but, like, it's just a different older era where it was a bit more violent and less rules to protect player safety and everything else. So I, I hate the Patriots, but I got to admire that guy. Like, right. Can't, you know. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> right. Right. So, I'm sorry to – yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, but like, it's, it's pretty shocking, man. Like, um, two freaking weeks and, and, and whatnot. So let me actually, that actually takes me in another direction now. How does a stroke differ than for, uh, a, a, a TIA? What is a TIA and how do they differ? So a stroke and a TIA are similar in that there's a loss of blood supply to a certain area. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. TIA by name is a transient ischemic attack, mm-hmm. meaning that it lasts less than 24 hours. So okay. this is usually a small little clot or something or a spasm even of the artery right. that mm-hmm. ends up allowing blood flow back and there's no symptoms past the 24 hours. Right. It has similar underlying etiologies at times. Right. Right. And so then a stroke usually lasts more than 24 hours, a little more severe mm-hmm. in definition. So when people say, oh, I had a mini stroke or something or other, is that what they're referring to as a TIA? I think most of the time, well, it depends who you talk to. The tougher people will have <laughs> right. a full stroke and call it a mini stroke. Yeah. Right, right. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, most people are saying a mini stroke. They mean a TIA in that they had some symptoms that went away usually within the 24 hour window. Yeah. And I think, uh, sports related world of TIA, I think, uh, 
a few years back, the De- then Denver Broncos coach uh, Gary Kubiak had a TIA on right. the sideline. Like he was kind of walking on the half- sideline. It happened. Yeah, it was he was walking to halftime and kind of like went down to a knee and they had to take him back. I remember this now. Something, something like that. Now that um, you mention it, yeah. Now that I don't remember all the details, but you know, again, just it's kind of around. It happens. You yeah. Know, obviously, a little different. Older gentleman, you know, probably had some risk factors or nothing. But it's just something that you do here in the sports world, not so often, but it does it does happen. So I'm going I'm to take that now to the next step, sort of uh, relating it to the uh, sports world. But how does all of this differ from, say, a concussion? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, with a young athlete, if they had a TIA and they had hits to the head that weren't even seen as like a major hit, it may be hard to diagnose mm-hmm. because you might just think they have some post-concussive symptoms right. and right. they've kind of recovered and they'll just do a return to play and come back without any uh, really thought that there's a blood clot there for someone right. so young. Right. So, I mean, a concussion really is mostly just kind of a mismatch of blood supply to blood need. Mm-hmm. You know, you get hit, you don't want your brain to swell like a normal bruise. Right. You know, that'd right. be bad. It's a little enclosed space. So right. instead, it actually decreases some blood there yeah. in order to auto-regulate the swelling that they don't want to occur. Okay. So, yeah, so it's a different mechanism entirely, but the symptoms can definitely overlap for right. TIA versus concussion. And it can be really hard to diagnose with someone so young. <laughs> for sure. So to go with that, an interesting story and just looking at pro athletes who've had stroke, there was a case back in 2013 Mm -hmm. with um, an athlete named Russell Allen for the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. They from just a quick uh, paragraph of when I was reading, he said he had an on field stroke after a hit. He collided with another player, ended up finishing the game, but he was having some symptoms of some double vision and some headaches, I believe. And then he ended up getting some a battery of tests and they found a dime sized spot in his brain that was inactive and lost blood supply from this whole thing. So, again, wild. You can go in the football world, too. You get hit in the head hard enough. It's yeah. it could almost identical symptom symptomatology of, you know, of something like this. And then here you go. You go afterwards to get to medical imaging and he's found something much more severe than a concussion in his case and i'm pretty sure that ended his career um he he just i think he saw the lights at the end of the tunnel like kind of flash before his eyes and was like all right that's enough i'm no, gonna I'm take done. care yeah i'm done he went to advocate for stroke awareness and stuff like that and just retired pretty early but again it happens right it's just right. so so odd for such young people to get strokes that you don't really associate that and as the you know sideline healthcare professional right you know as, as, as a trainer as a doc or whatnot mm-hmm you kind of get a little bit of tunnel vision, right? right. Someone has exactly. this injury, concussion. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're not thinking outside that box. Right. And it's just, it's just, it's just what would be standard, you know, in, in this particular situation, right? With, with Latang, this happened at home, but didn't happen during a game. It didn't happen. Right. So, mm-hmm. so then you're thinking about it a little bit differently because it wasn't after taking a hit, but you can see in this scenario, somebody's out there during the game, whether, you know, you just, even if you didn't see the hit, if it happens, you're just thinking, oh, they took a hit. Yeah. Um, so, I, 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 you know, if nothing else, just increase the awareness, yeah. you know, so that's it. Sometimes we'll mention, we'll say, it may have seen you, you just didn't see it, right? Like, right. like it's something that walked into your office, it was there, mm-hmm. and because it was outside the box of what's standard and normal, right. you just didn't happen to think in that direction. So, mm-hmm. you know. Who knows, man? Maybe some one of these have seen one of us right. uh, yeah. at some point in time, and you know, you chalked it up a concussion or chalked it up to a, to you know whatever it was. But it does sort of you know a little red flag right there. Hey, have right. that have that index of suspicion. You know, mm-hmm. can consider the other potential possibilities here. Yeah, exactly. You cover football sidelines, and right. 
you have a kid that played the whole game and then two days later the athletic trainer is sending him to you for concussion like symptoms right mm -hmm. and you just make the assumption you know oh concussion he had a concussion during the game that he played through and didn't yeah. realize it right yep and yeah we hear that happen all the time and you totally chalk it up young guy no way can't you know not, not even a consideration not even a yeah. thought in your mind but mm -hmm. you know i guess you know strange things happen and and especially if the if, if the symptoms do seem more severe if, this, if it doesn't quite fit uh, right. fit into your into your box you know just just another consideration exactly so what would, what would you say if you could like a biggest differentiating like symptom or factor with it's like that to differentiate like you say I don't know, this person might need a further workup to, you know, get the imaging to make sure they rule out stroke versus, oh no, this is just probably just a concussion, you know, just kind of run of the mills. Is there any one particular sign? Yeah. And I don't know that there is. Yeah, but I don't know thoughts? either. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's one particular sign. I think for Chris Letang, at least what I was reading is kind of the symptoms just lasted longer than yeah. you would expect. Right. Mm -hmm. So the first time was 2014, interesting mm -hmm. story. Like his wife found him on the ground Right. He was dizzy, blurred mm -hmm. vision, you know, felt nauseous. They chalked it up to like a virus, <laughs> which it fits. Uh, right, right. You know? could see. Yeah. He's dehydrated. He had a virus and he felt better that day. He actually flew with the team yeah. later that day. Yeah. So. Amazing. And I yeah. think, I think if I'm not mistaken, it was like one of the first times the NHL did a mother's trip. And like on this road trip, the moms were involved. So his mother was like there right. when all this was going on. And like, where, like you said, he flew with the team and his mom was just what interesting timing of all these things that happened, like lined up perfectly to have your mom there. God forbid when such a terrible thing happens to your first time in your career, especially 26 years old, you're, you're an adult, but still, yeah. you're still pretty young. 26 years old. You just got yeah. off your mom's health insurance. Like, you know what I mean? You're pretty young. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah. yeah. So when we looked into this the second time, it was kind of that the symptoms lasted a little mm -hmm. longer than his standard migraines at two hours. Right. Mm -hmm. He was kind of aware that his symptoms aren't these typical stroke symptoms. Right. So his doctor thought after it lasted kind of three, four hours, it's time to rework this up and see right. if we're uh, missing anything. Mm -hmm. Good call by that doc. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Seriously. Yeah. With that too, I think I, I read a couple articles about some different things. And I found it interesting that Chris Letang mentioned that he has to, you know, prior to getting cleared to each step of his return, um, there's, he mentioned a blood test. There's like blood test that he had to kind of pass or hit some markers um, prior to doing any contact or anything or ramping up his conditioning. Do you have any idea of like or what those blood tests could have been or like kind of how that works? Again, we don't know all the ins and outs of his medical record, right, but right, right. it'd just be interesting. This is an interesting question. And at some point on some level, you know, the the subtleties or the uh, it, it, because it reaches like neurologist level, right? right. Neurologist workup. Right. And, and and none of us here are neurologists. Right. So, so so at some point, uh, but my my gut and, and correct me if I'm wrong if you have any other any other additional information, but my gut is that a lot of that workup winds up being like a, a predisposition mm -hmm. to developing blood clots. So it's like right. a coagul um, coagulopathy type right. of workup. Because if you do have a predisposition to developing, then clearly you're at a, at a higher risk. Right. I don't know if there's more blood work that goes into it other than that. Yeah, that's what I would imagine. They do the yeah. basic panel of work and right. you know things like D-dimer to see if there's any mm -hmm. clot breaking down, right. things along those lines. But it's hard to say what they were doing. Right, right, for sure. They for can sure. pretty much order any battery of tests they want for him. Oh yeah, yeah especially he's their what thirty-six million dollar player right now. Right, so. <laughs> and it's also interesting that just the timing of his career. Right, he is thirty-five years old, but he just signed a six-year contract extension. You know, yeah. I didn't even consider that. You know, in, in my own mind, I was like, at this point, man, the guy's had a great career. He's right. not a young guy. Mm -hmm. um, like, 
do you really want to take any additional risk? And I guess they're telling him there's not additional risk, like, but maybe right. you hang it up. But if you just signed a contract, right. and it, I mean, if you just signed the contract and if the risk of you having another stroke is the same as you, if it's truly going, not changed, right. If you can have the same amount of risk of walking around doing your everyday life, why not still play yeah. hockey at the best, you know, highest level that there is right. playing the sport. He probably grew up playing since he was a young sure. kid, he you loves know, it. Oh, yeah. right. He loves every second of it. And you know, I think as from a locker room standpoint too, like having that guy around as for teammates <laughs> is like, man, he's tough as nails. Like I want him, you know, to go to war with this guy at all right. times, you know? It's been a good team for a long time. Right. Philadelphia yeah. hates him. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly. We sure do, but hey, great story. Just amazing. That, that, did any of you guys watch any of the the World Cup, the, the finals here? I did. Yep. Spectacular. Great. Right? Amazing. The whole you tournament know, was really good, in my opinion. It was just, you know. I agree. I think the U.S. had a good showing, even though even though they lost. Like, Netherlands looked just like, they, they were outclassed by a very, right. very good team. But overall, I thought the U.S. had a really good showing. And for how young they were, it's a good, exactly. you know, The age is a yeah. huge factor in this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good sign. And then what a finals, man. Yeah. Holy cow. It was just, it was unbelievable. I don't think you could write a script that good. No, no, no like, not you wouldn't believe it almost. Yeah. The back so, and forth, the 2 0, the tines, right. the, all the theatrics at the end. And it was like a PK. minute and 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. And, you know, I, I still hope, like, can, can we get a, you know, a, a shot clock? Can we get, like, yeah. you know, you, you can't, once you bring it over the, the, the midfield line, you're not allowed to bring it back. Yeah. Something or other to keep. And is there, is there any way to get the flopping out of the game? Like, like yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. But it's a very exciting game. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. It's I did fun. think it was pretty interesting and in just in general, the newer technology they have now to, like, kind of... Pretty cool. ...to check for offsides and right. other things like that. You know, uh, they, they showed a few, I think, on what Messi's goal or whatever the case was. He was right. just, like, a centimeter onside. It's to like, make a, like a perfect hair. Play. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, it's amazing how these plays are just supposed to be called from the naked eye from, you know, the, the side judge through yeah. all these times before all this technology. I mean, what, yeah, like less than 10 years ago, it was just yeah. somebody running along the sideline. Yeah, yeah. putting <laughs> exactly. up the flag. Putting right. up the flag. And, 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 you know, for Messi, redemption, man. And it started with them losing to Saudi Arabia, right? Like, uh -huh. like that was the, exactly. we, we, we went out to Chicago for, for Thanksgiving. Um, my family does that every year. Mm -hmm. And um, we go out to my, my wife's aunt and uncle and like all of our family comes in. And typically, oftentimes, my, my wife's aunt and uncle will have like a guest and like mm -hmm. have a couple people over. And so one of the guys that's been there for the last couple of years is from Argentina. And um, it was right after they had lost. And he was so distraught, yeah. like, we have no chance. How can we <laughs> lose this and that? So and then they, they come back and win the whole freaking thing yeah. and, and redemption. For Messi, right? Like yeah. Messi, Messi had missed uh, missed one of the penalty shots that right. cost him. The, and then he has this phenomenal World Cup, especially like the whole like Ronaldo Messi comparison. Yeah. Yep. And you know, Ronaldo not necessarily even starting. They go out like like right. and then the Messi not only like not only do they win, but he carries the team. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty exciting. Pretty cool. Big stuff. time player made big time plays in the right. biggest stage ever, right? Like yeah, the biggest yeah. stage ever, yeah. and really and like solidified his career. Also, very interesting. A little bit of a side note of like the Argentina winning was I saw online that um, they run a simulation through the video game FIFA, uh -huh. um, the, the video game, and it predicted the last three of the four winners, and they had predicted through their simulation that Argentina was winning. You're kidding me? Yeah, and I saw it online. I was like, no way, this is a thing. And it came out a few months ago, and I was like, this is going to be interesting to watch to see how. Accurate. Seriously? Yeah, so. And they got three out of the last four, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. AI is scary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Technology is amazing, but isn't it? But that's just like a FIFA game. Like, that, right. that's really the unbelievable yeah. part. So, 
to go back to not to you know we went off topic to into the world of soccer we and everything do. always all, all the time um is there anything else stroke related crystal tang related that we kind of want to cover you know while we're here tonight to kind of cover other things that you may, may have not have mentioned or i mean i think it would be fair to, just to kind of go over some general stroke awareness of like you know the common symptoms and other things at minimum if yeah. we can educate some people and some signs and symptoms to look out for because it's not always going to happen to a young individual who is right. this stud athlete who's going to have a you know a fortunately good outlook it could happen to almost anybody at any time yeah you know especially the holidays you're going to be able to a lot of loved ones so it's just something to touch on for you know. and, and time is you know uh Time is of the utmost importance, right? Like right. brain tissue per, per, per second kind right. of thing. Yeah. What, what are the different things that someone should look for here be uh, yeah, concerned so, about? I mean, the big campaign is always the fast, Yep. you know, facial asymmetry. Mm -hmm. uh, that could be just drooping of part of the face, mm -hmm. slurring words. Then there's the asymmetric weakness, numbness, mm -hmm. which is like Teddy Bruschi, you know, he had a lot of these typical symptoms. Mm -hmm. But then there's other symptoms along there which is not as atypical, just prolonged dizziness alone. Right. Mm -hmm. And should raise a little bit of a red flag to get really? a little better workup. Really? Okay. So things like prolonged dizziness, mm -hmm. just unusual, like, understanding of words. Just mm -hmm. if your loved one's not feeling or looking right. Right. You know, the first thought's always dehydration, illness, mm -hmm. especially in old people. But... You know, once they're older, you do have to think about a stroke for them. So right, right. just understanding who they are and how they are as a person is so important. And that's why this awareness that Chris Letang and all the others yeah. that have had strokes at a young age is so important is they talk about it so much mm -hmm. in the news. And we know so much about these cases because right. they want to get the word out there. Sure. If someone does happen to have the other variety, the hemorrhagic stroke, are the presenting symptoms any different than... Uh, in an ischemic stroke? So sometimes the hemorrhagic stroke, it comes along a little slower because unless it's a massive bleed, you know, yeah. it's not as decre not as much of a decrease in perfusion. Right. Sometimes it's just a really bad headache. Right. So you'll hear people saying like their headache's just getting worse and worse and worse as the bleed keeps going. Yeah. The worst headache of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another form. Well, that's that's a form of a hemorrhage. That's another one. Yeah, yeah but yeah. there's other things. But yeah, like their headaches just persisting and getting worse over time for no reason. And they're not a normal headache sufferer or they are and it's different than that one. It's definitely something to look out for. <laughs> I think that's kind of why Crystal Tang is in such a good spot where he is, right? He's been with the Penguins, I think, if not his whole career or the majority of his I think career. his whole career. His whole thing. I think the whole so, thing. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, his whole he's, career, I believe. he's working with the same roughly the same medical staff from yeah. 2014 so you know what i mean i'm sure his his documentation everything that he has kind of much more thorough than you know someone who doesn't have a condition like this um that brings me to a, another point with me that too. um so with that right you, you know these athletes is there any detection to say you know the hole in the heart or other things like that through physicals ppes and like all the stuff preseason that you right. know sports medicine world we look at is this um, something that they might have been aware of before, even before it happened? So it's a little hard to say. Now in the U.S., most of the major sports teams are definitely doing EKGs, mm -hmm. which really wouldn't pick this up. Right, right. And you'll listen to the heart, obviously, throughout the years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And even a, it might be such a subtle murmur that it doesn't get picked up. Like an echo is really needed. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of variable. Like, again, one in four people have this. Right. So how many people are going to be finding this on? And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean anything. Right. 
And if they're finding them young and they're doing this invasive surgery to close it, right. is it benefiting them? Right. So it's one of the reasons why even in the U.S. right now, we don't do EKGs on every athlete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now with the union and union two, every athlete physical, we did EKG. Oh, is that right? Really? Yeah. Read mm-hmm. by a cardiologist. Okay. So we sent all the ones out, especially the ones we were marked as, you know, a lot of athletes have normal variants on EKGs where sure. if you showed them an athlete EKG, right. it looks much different than your sedentary 34-year-old. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. What are you trying to say about me? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm not 34. So. <laughs> but no, I think it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've been in situations where, you know, throughout the physical process for college athletes, you know, there's, a, there's a, some kind of something with hurts by the physicians on the heart or whatever and then you do a workup and it's just you know it's sometimes it was a matter of okay we just need to get the ekg make sure this is okay yeah. and we get an ekg it looks fine all right they're gone or it might be let's see have a full cardio workup and they get the echo and all the different things it's like these things could like you said kind of go unnoticed and it's like i'm not sure if his you know his exact story but i think from the first stroke, they found that he had this congenital issue. Right, right. So and they didn't I, know about it before. Right, and I think I would venture to say it's probably a very similar situation with Teddy Bruschi that there are people getting the strokes first and then finding out about the whole second versus, you know, if the other way around, if it really would have changed much. You know, the fact that he had the second stroke mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, my gut is that, you, that you're 100% right, that they didn't know about it beforehand. But in reality, the fact that he had the second stroke and the fact that they're saying, well, it doesn't change the risk and whatnot, my gut is that wouldn't have made a difference, even if right. they did know about it. Right. Right? Yeah, I think the real thing was it may help him get back so much sooner. Right. They didn't have to run this litany the whole of tests process. Right. and all yeah. these right. genetic factors and things like that that take a long time to come back. Sure. Because they already ran them on him. Yeah. His genetic factors don't change. <laughs> do you know if his symptoms, and you may not know this, do you know if his symptoms were worse in the first rendition in the first stroke yeah so from what i read this second one was much milder yeah whether that means they it was a smaller clot they caught it earlier it's a little hard to say my assumption is that it just was a smaller clot to a smaller area is it possible this was a tia and 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 thus that's why he got back so quickly or is it was more than that as far as we know I mean, the difference is really just timing, okay, and right. I don't well, think they said, released hours more, yeah, okay. what the timing was. Yeah. I would say that given that he's had a stroke, TIAs and stroke, it yeah. kind of didn't make much of a difference for his management at that time. Gradations. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, and for the most, from the articles I read, it's just saying he has some headaches and nausea, and I mean, that can be caused from a gambit of different things. But again... With someone who has this type of history, you're definitely more aware of these subtle things. And you're right. much on top of it, and you're probably way more open ab- about it and don't kind of just, ah, whatever, I'll be fine tomorrow. Or you just, you know, get checked out early. This way you don't have to run into any more longer, long-term issues, which I think he has the maturity and the wherewithal to kind of do that. Head- headache and nausea, lay off the sauce, man. Quit right. drinking. Exactly, <laughs> right? Know, yeah. like, it could be a million different things. Exactly. <laughs> and I think, probably said a lot, but these athletes are so in tune with their bodies. Right. Oh, yeah. Like this, he has migraines and this isn't normal as migraines. So he knew. Right. He knew something pretty, was Like within probably a few hours past a normal headache that mm-hmm. this is not how I normally feel. Right. So. He, Scary stuff, man. Um, yeah. And, 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 and interesting stuff. Stuff that needs to be kept in mind. I think it's pretty rare that any of us treating an athlete on the sidelines is going to be faced with this. But it's such a significant issue that it's mm-hmm. just something that needs to be tucked in the back of your mind. You know, I would say, so, you know, for, for DVTs, blood clots in the mm-hmm. legs, we're always sort of taught, 
where if the thought enters your brain, if the thought enters your mind, that that little red flag goes up in the mm -hmm. back of, in the back of your head, just check, just check it. Right? Error on the side of caution. Error on the it, side it's of not going to hurt. You know, I mean, even with say if you have a really troubled or very confusing concussion case, you know, right. you send them to the hospital. They're going to do the imaging and kind of rule out any of the brain bleeds and stuff. So it's sometimes just check. Just check. It's yeah. not going to hurt. And yeah, it's going to take some time. It's going to take a few hours, but inconvenient. I, inconvenient, but. You, I think anybody with the right mind would say, I'll take those couple hours of inconvenience to make sure everything's okay and I check out fine. Not going to be a life, yeah. reduce the chances of it being a life changing. Right. Reduce exactly. the impact of the life changing. Especially life. when they're so young. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Especially, ex exactly. You know, just always err on the side of caution, I think. And I think that's kind of my approach clinically too as an athletic trainer. It's like, I don't know, let's refer this out and make sure that we, we covered all our bases. For uh, sure. So a uh, quick change of topic here down the stretch. How's everybody's fantasy team doing? Oh, man. I'm still in the playoffs with two out of three. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Out. It's out. It's done. out. It's done already. Season's right. over. That's right. it. So it's still in the playoffs with semifinals. So, semifinals. Final yeah. four in two leagues. Yep. Congrats. So I'm in two and I'm in the semifinals in them both, which, you know, in, in, in our group league mm -hmm. um, in, in, within the practice, yeah, I just, you know, one of the lowest scorers in the playoffs and just happened to be playing guy who scored less than me. Like, there you go. Yeah. Lucky times. But, that's well, all that matters. I'll take it. Right. <laughs> On yeah. to the we'll see how far I go. I, I'm, I'm in a league where we have we run two quarterbacks. So I have Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray as my starters. And Kyler Murray just tore his ACL and Jalen Hurts was very questionable right good now. Good luck so, next week. Yeah, so Should good, go well. And yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I had a first round bye. So I got the I'm bye. Pretty sure maybe Kenny Pickett's available. Yeah, more than likely he is, right? <laughs> It, it'll be interesting down the stretch for sure. And I think, uh, you know, it's always good, interesting to keep an eye on all the new injuries that are coming up because right. something happens every week. For sure. You know, and like I, like we mentioned, Kyler Murray, a bunch of big names, all these basic stuff. Not basic. It's, right. It's just run-of-the-mill popular names with the ACL, the MCLs, uh, the AC joint sprains, all that stuff. It's, it's out there. Yeah. But we've covered it. So, you know, it just occurred to me for, for the people that do have Jalen Hurts, right? Like, mm -hmm. like. So, so let's say you win next week, right? Mm -hmm. And you go to the finals. If things go well this weekend, you know, and it's less likely now that Jalen Hurts is not playing. Right. There's a chance Jalen Hurts is sitting. Yeah. That game. You gotta, oh, you gotta yeah. jump on the train of Minshew mania and hope for the best, right? Hard right. Gardner, Gardner <laughs> Minshew goes out. Bring that guy back. Balls out, you know, hopefully. And then, you know, it, it, Lightning can't strike twice in this whole romantic story of the backup quarterback saving the Eagles season happens again. Like it's not going to need to. He's going to be back. Yeah, he yeah. should be fine in that regard. It's not as bad as it was right. previous years with the blown out ACL and all that stuff. For sure. But before we go ahead and close out our tab, I just want to take a minute here and thank our sponsors, um, Reconstructive Orthopedics, with our eight locations and focus on you approach. The Energy Lab, the region's premier sports performance center and destination. Neck of the Woods Brewing Company, located in the back of Total Turf Experience in Pittman, New Jersey, serving us the coldest beers while we record this podcast for you. And lastly, Timber Reel Productions to help us edit and produce this podcast and get it out to all you lovely folks out there. We just want to say thank you. Enjoy the holidays and stay safe. And we'll be back soon.